Hello there, I'm your host, McNeil Mulliken, and you are listening to the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Here I invite different people to talk about all topics relating to cinema. Visit the McNeil and Friends Podcast website at www.mcneilandfriendspodcast.com to learn more about the podcast and where you can find episodes. You can support the McNeil and Friends Podcast by following or subscribing on the platform you listen to podcasts and by leaving a rating or a review. You can also support the McNeil and Friends podcast by telling your friends. And if you don't have any, you can tell your family. Thank you for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Season 5 of the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my friend Sam Cole, and we're going to talk about our top five favorite thought-provoking movies. How's it going, Sam? It's going good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you back. It's been a little bit. I think the last one we did was Top 10 Actors. Yeah, I I think think so. Is that our performances? I think it was actors. Yeah, performances. Performances. Okay. Yeah, it was one of those. That was fun. Um, But yeah, and you've expressed a lot of interest in this topic of thought-provoking movies, um, I'm a massive fan of thought-provoking movies myself, but uh, I think the idea of thought-provoking movies is subjective to everybody because each person's wired up differently, meaning certain types of stories are going to make them think more deeply. So uh, when you hear the phrase thought-provoking movies, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I agree that with what you said, that it's very dependent on the person. Um, for me personally, a thought-provoking movie is something that like sticks with me after I watch the movie, whether that's like me revisiting it or and eventually watching it again to like figure something out or just the themes or certain performance or something like that that sticks with me and really ha- has me like think on like a different level other than just, oh yeah, that was a good movie or something like that. So, so you're talking about things that kind of, if it explores an interesting topic and you can kind of apply that to the real world, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Or okay. if it's just uh, a way of thinking that I haven't thought before, I'm yeah. like, oh wow, that's kind of interesting. So Yeah, that's a cool way of looking at it. I think for me, I view thought-provoking movies in a lot of ways. Like I tend to compartmentalize everything in life, so I yeah. kind of like <laughs> categorize everything. It's just the way my brain's wired up. I'm like yeah. organized that way for whatever reason. But um, so that's why there's like different categories of thought-provoking movies for me. But the ones that I went with for this list in particular um, are the ones that leave me thinking about the concepts that explored beyond just the story. So like my favorite movie of all time is Inception. And I like I love that movie and it's very thought provoking, but I tend to think about the story and my interpretation of the story more so than its subject matter. Um, It's still a thought provoking movie, but there's other films that make me think even deeper, I guess is what I'm saying. And uh, generally, I would say it's social commentaries or science fiction films that I find that provoke my thoughts. I guess you could say. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah, that uh, makes what about you? Is there a particular genre or topic that tends to, is there like a, is there like a pattern there for you? That's pretty interesting that you said that because now I'm looking back over my list and they're kind of all over the place, I'm okay. realizing, um, which is pretty interesting. But I would say I come from a theatrical background. I mm-hmm. do a lot of dramaturgical work, which is like the research side of theater um, for both the audience and the cast. And so I think a lot of these films that are on my list are something that I'm like, 
filled with maybe like hidden secrets or like real time facts that then I can leave the movie and look it up and see all, all everything that's actually real and what they made up and or just yeah mostly that if I had to pull out anything that would probably be my through line okay so there's not necessarily a pattern but a lot of things that you kind of find interesting yeah for whatever reason for me there's like certain things that I almost like hold on a pedestal over it's like sci-fi movies is like the top tier when it when it comes to thought provoking for me for whatever reason and then social commentaries there's other types as well but those tend to be the two that I gravitate towards but like I was saying you know it's like I think it's subjective to everybody I don't think there's really like a a, you know a universal definition for for a thought-provoking movie you know yeah I think that makes a lot of sense um well before we get into our honorable mentions I wanted to make some 2021 suggestions for thought-provoking movies if anybody's looking for something recent so really quickly my first one here is Eternals I know this was a really divisive movie especially amongst the the comic book fan base uh, but I loved it. I think it's one of the most thought-provoking comic book movies ever. And in, in the top three in that conversation, I would say. Um, it explores existential themes that can translate in the real world to religion, love, purpose, and divisions. I think that's a really great movie. I honestly think you would love it if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I think you're I really going to like it. I haven't seen it yet, but it is on my list. I keep saying that I really want to watch yeah. it, and I've heard a lot of good things about it. So I'm excited to see what you think about it. I think, I think it's yeah. one you'll really like. Um, yeah. And then The Last Duel. Um, mm. it's a riveting true story set in the Middle Ages about societal issue, issues that still exist today and I think it has a very important message and uh, it was a movie that drastically underperformed in the in the box office and I really wish more people would see it. It's a really good movie. I know you got a chance to see this one. Um, yes, we did just recently watch it and I loved it. So Yeah, it's great. And uh, another divisive movie on here, Don't Look Up. Uh I, I love this movie as well. It's a hilarious satire that at its core is a metaphor for climate change, but it's also a social commentary on the state of modern day society. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, check it out. If not, stay away because yeah, people right. are really split 50-50 on this movie. And yeah, be then, ready to be upset. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. Uh, and then Dune, a top tier sci-fi film in my opinion, with interest with an interesting futuristic take on space exploration, human evolution, politics, ecology, and religion. So, with that in mind, uh, or unless do you have any thoughts on those, do you have anything to add? Um, I think I will have something to add about one or two of them a little bit later on. So. Ooh, okay. One or two. Wow. Okay, <laughs> yeah, cool. So. <laughs> Alrighty. So let's get into our actual honorable mentions. Uh, so Sam, what are your honorable mentions? Um, my first honorable mention is Shutter Island. Um, I okay. think that that's I think that's one that a lot of people think of when they think of thought provoking films. Yeah. Um, it just didn't quite meet my list I don't really know why I think these other ones just like stuck with me a little bit more like I said it was obviously very thought-provoking and I thought about it for a little bit after I watched it but it's not something I repeatedly go back to and I'm like oh yeah that was really thought-provoking you know what I mean yeah um so and then I also had on here prisoners which is another like yeah thriller like type movie um, and I think that is a really good thought-provoking film because it's obviously, like I just said, like a thriller, like you're on the edge of your seat the whole time trying to figure out what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think, obviously, at the end, there's a lot left up for interpretation, like whether or not yeah. like he's going to be found or not. And um, 
and whether or not his actions like were justified okay or acceptable or justified yeah. and i think that that argument is really interesting um but again that was more conversation i had in my head right after i watched it rather than continuing to think about it so those are you only had two honorable mentions yeah, I have like a couple other ones, but it was they're basically the same type of thing. So I also okay. had like I also had Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. But like I said, it's another like crime so there's a thriller, thriller pattern. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Thr- thriller pattern. But again, like it didn't stick with me for forever. Like I love the movie, and it's definitely something that like I might watch again. But I don't necessarily think about all of the twists and turns like to this day. If that makes sense. Yeah, so. that makes sense. Uh, well, I guess drastically switching gears here into, into my honorable mentions. My first one is Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. This is, uh, I actually saw this very recently for the first time, and it really stuck with me because I, it, it's, it's another social commentary type that I, I really enjoyed. And it has an ambiguous ending that makes you question how you feel towards the characters and the possible redemptive arcs they may have if they make a particular choice. Yeah. You know, the movie leaves you hanging there. And I think that's interesting. So like a lot of movies explore the idea of redemption. And this one really makes you question how you feel about the characters rather than saying, "Ooh, this person is redeemed, you know, yeah. makes you question yeah. how you actually feel about that. And I think that's interesting. Um, I thought that was a unique angle on on something like that. Uh, and then Dead Poet Society. Um, this one is really good. This is an all time favorite of mine. It's yeah. an amazing coming-of-age story that focuses on purpose, passion, creativity, individuality, breaking tradition, and mental health. And uh, I know this is one of your favorites, obviously, yeah, because I, I think there it's you know it's about poetry and theater. Yeah. And so uh, you know I think it I think it's a great movie, and uh, yeah. it's my probably my personal favorite coming-of-age story. I think it's really good. Yeah, it's great. And then going into the sci-fi category here, like I said, there's there's like two two types yeah. of thought-provoking <laughs> movies for me. The Matrix, obviously, you know, this oh, is an yeah. iconic and influential sci-fi action film that will even make you question your own reality. Um, yeah. I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, do I exist? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know? right. Uh, so it's, it's so good. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually not a huge fan of the original Blade Runner, but right. I, I love this movie. I think this is a brilliant sci-fi movie about humanity, technology, identity, emotion, reality as well, kind of like The Matrix, and then uh, yeah. society. Like It's got a lot of things to say. It's a slow burn, but it's really, really good, really fascinating. Um, good performances all throughout. It's a great movie. And also, it's just it's beautifully crafted. Like It's got some yeah. of the coolest <laughs> cinematography I've seen. And then uh, a very strange, surprisingly emotional, romantic sci-fi <laughs> film, which is Her. Um, oh, have you seen yes. that one? I, can't, I don't know. I have. It's been a very long time, but I have seen it. Okay, cool. Yeah, this one's obviously about love and technology, which are two weird yeah. things to pair together. <laughs> yeah. But I think it has a relevant message about the weird direction the human dependency on technology could lead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it really makes you think, wow, you know, should, should we actually advanced technology in certain directions that we are right you know right. like how dependent should we be on technology and this i yeah. think really brings that question up at least that's what i took from it so i think that's a great movie yeah. it's weird it won't be for everybody but i, I it was uh, surprisingly emotional <laughs> which yeah. is weird for yeah. me to say <laughs> yeah but but yeah that's uh, it's a good one so anyway uh with that in mind with that down uh let's move on to our top five so what is your number five 
My number five most thought-provoking movie is actually The Truman Show. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. It's like a really old um, Jim Carrey movie. I think it's from like 1998 or something. But Yeah, it I think was, it's right, 98. Yeah, but it's... Um, one, I watched it like all throughout growing up. It was one of those movies that I just watched repeatedly as a kid, actually. Yeah. And I think it was really thought provoking because it really asked questions about like the media that we consume and how yeah. like kind of violating like media can be, you know, like we're so used to like absorbing all this information, like private details about like famous people's lives. But it's like their people too you know yeah um and i think that that was probably one of the first like twist movies that i had ever seen and so i thought that was really cool to like kind of revisit when i brought up this list it was like oh yeah like i enjoyed thought-provoking movies even when i was younger so yeah 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 it's interesting it's uh i i didn't even think about that one but yeah i i <laughs> I agree. That's definitely a very thought-provoking movie. It's really ahead of its time, too. Like you're saying, like its message about media and, you know, you know what is the invasion of privacy in terms of yeah. media and what isn't. And in a 1998, social media wasn't a thing, <laughs> right. really. And so uh, I think that's, yeah, that's a good choice. Um, it's definitely <laughs> yeah. like it foreshadows a lot, Yeah, I feel like, yeah. metaphorically. Because everybody's always watching each other's lives. Yeah. <laughs> And, it really, and it's just so normal, but, it, but is it, like, is it normal? <laughs> yeah, and people are, like, obsessed with this dude's life. Yeah. Throughout, yeah, that's, I didn't even think about that one, but <laughs> that could have been an honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, my number five is 12 Angry Men. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. It's, uh, I think it's a timeless movie that was also ahead of, ahead of its time, but for a completely different reason. Um and I think its themes will forever remain relevant because it's all about perspectives, thought processes, personalities, debating, yeah. uh, and cooperation. So basically, it's about a group of guys that were on a jury back in nineteen in the nineteen fifties, uh, or the movie was uh, yeah. came out in nineteen fifty seven, and uh, they're you know they're having to decide on on what to do about this particular case, and um, they all have drastically different backgrounds, different opinions, different perspectives. And it's interesting, and I think this movie shows that it's uh, it's not always easy to argue with people that necessarily don't think like you, um, and yeah. it's difficult to get through to some people, but I think that's the story lets people know that that's perfectly okay because there's great lessons, I think, that can come from both sides when, when you disagree. I think whether whether there's middle ground that needs to be found or whether somebody is completely in the wrong, I think there's, yeah. there's something interesting to, to say there, and... Um, and like I was saying, I think it shows that people from different walks of life can find ways to relate to each other. Um, I think that's a wonderful message to have. And I think that's something that's um, it's one of the most influential messages a movie can have, because that's something that I think will uh, that will always resonate with people. Um, yeah, because it, I think it, I think it's just a great message. And I've said it before. I said this on an episode I did about movies pre-1975. And okay. I think if everybody watched this movie, like everybody in the world, if everybody just yeah. sat down and watched this movie <laughs> and actually paid attention to what it has to say, I think it'd be, yeah. a, I think the, the world would be a much better place Yeah. Um, because it, it makes you think like, wow, I should actually have a conversation with somebody and see why this person right. thinks this particular way, you know? Yeah. And let's like figure out. We don't out, have like, to agree, but let's get some common ground here or at yeah. least respect. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah. I think that's something that's completely lost today, no matter yeah. like what side you're on or if you're not on a side, you know, yeah. I just think this movie is always going to be relevant. Yeah. It's way ahead of its time. So, yeah, that's uh, it's um, my, I guess, social commentary esque movie yeah. here in my yeah. top five. So, yeah. Cool. Twelve Angry Men. That is that's my number five. Awesome. Well, my number four is Don't Look Up. Actually, okay. So, <laughs> when you get ready up, for some controversy, <laughs> yeah, get ready. So, um, like you said, like <laughs> it is so incredibly frustrating, and it is good at making you mad and frustrated. And I think that that was definitely their intention in making the film, and that I think it was just a great representation of what it is to be. A person in today's society it's so yeah. frustrating and all over the place and everyone has an opinion and that's amazing i think people should have their own opinions but if we could just like you said sit down and listen to one another we don't have to agree but yeah. maybe we could respect each other you let's know? not antagonize each other <laughs> right um but i think it was incredibly thought-provoking i left I finished the film, not sure if I liked it, honestly. I was oh, like, I knew that I was, loved it as soon as it started. It was so, <laughs> I was so mad the whole time. I was yeah. like anxious. It's infuriating. It was, I was anxious. I was frustrated. Um, but yeah, I, I have decided that I do like it. I like film and art that makes me uncomfortable and mad. And I think that's exactly what this did. Um, and I think that they did a great job of representing that. And so, in a humorous like, way, in a humorous exactly, way, yeah, exactly. So that was, and I keep thinking about it. Like I keep coming back to it. So that's why it is on my list. Yeah, I, I, I know there are some haters out there for that movie. Yeah. It's one where the the haters are loud. Um, yes, but I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's great, and I have a full review out on it um, on the on the bounce board so if you guys yes. want to hear my thoughts on that movie you can check it out but to sum up like yeah i think it's great it's it's uh it's funny in a bleak way it's yeah. and and in a way like if you take the ending out of consideration mm -hmm. for, for don't look up it's kind of the antithesis of of 12 angry men because that movie's really hopeful i think about yeah. people coming together and this is the opposite <laughs> where people are yeah. completely divided on everything possible yeah but it really, I think it has a nice message at the end about, you know, how people can connect. Yeah. With with a with a dinner table. That's it. You know? <laughs> right, right. Something that simple. But anyway, yeah. if you guys want to hear my thoughts on it or check out my thoughts, go check out that review. But but yeah, don't look up. That's a <laughs> divisive but really good pick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. So going back to the uh, weird combo of romance and sci-fi, <laughs> that is kind of a theme for me, Okay, is uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, yes. yes. Have you seen it? I haven't. Uh, I don't think I've seen it, or at least don't remember it enough to say that I've seen it, but it has been one that has been on my radar for a while. So. Okay. It's Jim Carrey again. Yeah. Um, I think like Truman Show is one of his best like serious movies. This one is the best, I think. Yeah. So it explores the idea of erasing someone or something from your memory completely in this nonlinear story structure, okay. um, which has my name written all over it. <laughs> That's right. something that I really like. And it's about this relationship between Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet that essentially bursts into flames yeah. and they both attempt to erase each other from their memories, but they ultimately can't forget and are constantly clinging for memory after they start this procedure that 
happens while you're asleep. So the whole movie takes place in their dreams and they're like fighting for these memories to stay alive. It's told through the perspective of Jim Carrey's character. Okay. Um, But I think its message is that erasing a certain aspect from your memory is not the solution to anything because people (laughs) will like, why can't I just forget about this? But I think there's consequences to that if you just instantly forgot about something because you have to confront those memories and and feelings. Um, Yeah. And I think at the same time, it also makes you think about the complexity and meaning of dreams since the memory procedure is done while someone's asleep, like I said. So a lot of the dreams actually feel like a real bizarre dream you might have. And it's, it's kind of, it's just, it's so weird, but I think it, it tackles that really well. And I think it asks interesting questions as well. Like it's it, the main question I think the movie's asking is what would you do if you fell in love with somebody, but you knew the things you would eventually grow to not like about that person. Yeah. And so that's, that's cool. kind of where the movie ends. And you're like, huh? Because, you know, everybody right. starts off in like the honeymoon phase and then, you know, moves on. And you're like, okay, we disagree on some things, but it's like, what right. if you knew those things? Yeah. Initially? Like would you still do it? Exactly. Yeah. That's it's, cool. it's interesting. Um, I think if you like the Truman Show, if you like serious Jim yeah. Carrey, like I do, I think, I think <laughs> yeah. serious Jim Carrey's better than like Ace Ventura Jim Carrey <laughs> or Dumb and Dumber Jim Carrey. Yeah, right. And so I think Two this very one's really different good. sides of the spectrum yes. for him. <laughs> yeah. His movies are drastically different. Pretty much oh, anything yeah. he does is unpredictable. And then he's like yeah. in Sonic the Hedgehog now. So it's like, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. whatever, man. <laughs> Yeah, you do you. But he's good. He's really talented. He can be funny, but he's also like I think this is his best dramatic performance. Like it's very complex, very layered. I that's think awesome. I think you'll appreciate it. Um yeah. but yeah, that's that's my number four, another uh sci fi romance film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, well my number three is kind of an unconventional pick, so I want you to like stay with me. But I, I like unconventional. Actually- I actually picked Tick, Tick, Boom that came out this last year. Okay, Um, I'm down with that. I think that I was left with questions of what it means to be successful. Mm -hmm. Um, We all know that Jonathan Larson, like, passed away before the opening of Rent, and that's, like, part of the whole premise of Tick, Tick, Boom. So he never knew his own success, but his musical and his work has become, like, one of the best known musicals and it's yeah. beloved today and i just think that that's really interesting about whether or not like is that success it does success like surpass your own life like i think it does but he didn't know that like obviously he spent his life as a starving artist type yeah. of personality and i just think that's really devastating and tragic but really thought provoking so and obviously, like I said, I come from theater, so I loved that movie. I right, loved yeah. the musical adaptation because of all the cameos of people on Broadway. Yeah. Um, but I thought that it was really thought-provoking and a good question to ask about, like, what is success? And like, kind of like what you said, if he knew that he was going to be successful, like, would he be okay with not being around for that part? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a yeah. morbid question right. of life. So <laughs> it's interesting you talk about that success was kind of like the main theme you took away from that movie. Um, because yeah. for me, the way I kind of interpret it was more about ambition than yeah. success because it was like his drive to be this legendary theater composer. Yeah. And like you're saying, he never got to see that that is ultimately what his legacy became. 
Right. Um, but it was so interesting to see, like, you know, he would have those ups and downs and those doubts about whether he should continue. But I feel like, you know, it's like ultimately he accepted that ambition and went through with it. Right. And it paid off, but he just didn't get to see that. And like you're saying, that's that's tragic, devastating. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like, you know, the movie opens up with that the the, the song 3090. So it's kind of like what yeah. what I need to get something <laughs> done before I'm 30, you know, yeah. and as a 21 year old and you're, you're 22, right? 23, yeah. 23. Okay. I'll be 22 yeah. in like a few weeks, but right. you know, it's like, you know, I'm about to graduate with a bachelor's degree and right. then I'm going to take a gap year and try to figure out my plan is to go to law school, right. but it's like, I feel like I'm 21. I haven't <laughs> done much yet. And yeah. I've been on this planet for two plus decades. And <laughs> right. it's like, I need yeah. to do something. I need to accomplish yeah. something before I'm 30. And I think that's the most relatable thing that anybody could take away from, from tick, tick, boom and apply that to their life. Yeah. So, I would totally agree with that. But yeah, that's a, I, that's a great movie. It was one of my favorites of last year. I honestly didn't great. even think about putting that in my recommendations <laughs> for 2021, but I'm glad you brought yeah. it up because like, again, it's just like it, it was like, it was relatable in a way because like I had, you know, obviously musical ambitions right. growing up in high school and early college and things, but I, you know, found other interests. So it's just like, I, I was more focused on the relatability factor of it than like the, the thought provoking aspects of it, but, but still a great choice. Like I totally get it. I'm down with that pick for sure. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, that's a good one. Um, so my number three is, uh, I, I highly doubt you've seen this movie because I don't know many people who are like our age and have seen it. I know people like that were around when it came out and were of the age to where they would have gone to see it and that's contact oh which is a i've movie. heard of it but no i have not seen it <laughs> yeah so it came out in 97 it was directed by robert zemeckis who's known for like forrest gump and back oh, to so the future good. stuff like yeah. that Castaway, um and it features matthew mcconaughey and jodie foster they're the main character jodie foster's main character um and I think it's kind of fallen under the radar since it came out. I, from what I understand, I think people were very aware of it. Like it was popular at the time, but just kind of afterwards, like nobody really talked about it. It just came out, people liked it, and and then that's what happened. So right. it's based on the novel of the same name by Carl Sagan. Obviously, people know who he is. Right. Um, and it explores the seemingly contradictory relationship between science and religion. And I say seemingly and contradictory because those two topics don't really go hand in hand in modern society yeah but i think there are ways that can correlate and i think this movie demonstrates that because from a young age like i was always asking questions about both science and religion trying to figure out how they could connect um uh and and i think this movie really hones in on the idea of faith and what that means to somebody and or somebody who may not necessarily believe in a higher power of some sort but ultimately has an experience that requires faith in order to defend that experience Mm -hmm. especially you know this is a like this is a person who's who's been bound by science and objectivity her whole life and then has this particular experience so i think that's really interesting plus matthew mcconaughey's character in particular i found to be relatable for me because the the way he kind of connected the two in his mind I really admired, even though he's a fictional character, but still, right. <laughs> um, I thought it was really interesting. Um, it was, I think it has a powerful and philosophical message about the relationship between science and religion and that they both have the same goal, the pursuit of truth, but nobody's really ever t- 
talking about that. It's like yeah. both sides are like, no, this is the truth. This is the truth. But they never really realize they're both looking for a truth, right. you know? So I think there's something something to be said there that nobody ever really references. And I think that yeah. this movie really hits a Nails nail on the head <laughs> and, and nobody talks about it anymore, which is disappointing because yeah. I think it's a criminally underrated science fiction movie and it's oh. great. So if you like those types of yeah, stories, check it out. <laughs> you'll, you'll probably like it. And then you, if you haven't seen my next two, then <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> kind right. of similar in a way. Yeah. Okay, cool. But yeah, cool. so contact, that's my number three. So what's your number two? My number two is actually Midsummer, which I okay. <laughs> hated. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, you did. Let's be clear. I hated that movie when yeah. it first came out. Um, but did I- Did you rewatch it? I have not rewatched it. I need okay. to. But I I'm think interested. it's very interesting because since I watched it, I have thought about it very, like, uh, I keep thinking about it. Like, I cannot stop thinking about it. And yeah. I, like I brought up earlier from, like, my analytical, like, research background, like, I really dug into this movie after I watched it. I was like, okay. what is it about it? I was like, I need to know more. I was like, I don't understand all these, like, illusions that they're making, like, these yeah. hidden secrets. Like, let me dig in. And I really valued that. I really I appreciated the amount of work and detail that they put into it. And I think in reflection, I do like the movie a lot more than I gave it credit for at first. Um, I think it made me very uncomfortable and it was very shocking and yes. over, <laughs> overwhelming at times. It's grotesque. Um, <laughs> but, right. But I think, like I said with Don't Look Up, I think that that was the point. I think that yeah. they were intentionally making us uncomfortable in order to make their point about death and life and what that balance is. Yeah. And I just thought it was very interesting and <laughs> how people have analyzed the ending and whether or not, like, she has found, like, her new, like, family. You know what I mean? Like, whether she has been, like, sucked into this cult. like Yeah, very people, messed up cult. Or... <laughs> If it's a good thing, if it's a bad thing, like if she wants to be there, if she doesn't, right? But like, (laughs) you know, and I just think it's very interesting. I definitely need to rewatch it with my new outlook on it. But like I said, I think thought-provoking is something that sticks with me after I watched it. And so that's why it made it all the way up to my number two slot, because I just can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, I remember, like, I recommended it to (laughs) you and Tucker, and I was like, you guys love horror. Check this movie <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. And it's great. It's so weird, so out yeah. of left field, but I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And then you guys were like, I hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. So this, I haven't heard this yeah. yet. So this is really yeah. intriguing. So is there like, is there a particular thing that stuck with you about it? I think really the relationship, um, their names are escaping me, but Florence Pugh's character and her love interest. Um, yeah. I think that their relationship was very interesting and in how codependent they became or really how dependent she her character was on him and how that influence that he had over her and how that was kind of similar to the cults like sway over their people and i thought that that was really well executed and how it was brutal like you said it was gory it was terrible but it like 
if you strip it down, like some of their values or some of their like thoughts are very relatable, I would say. Um, and so I think it was interesting. To, I think really Florence Pugh's character is what has me holding on to hope for loving that movie, I think. And yeah. how desperate she really is in that film from the first minute of it to the end. Yeah. I think that that desperation is something that really stuck with me and has me questioning whether or not I really enjoyed it. So, Yeah. She gave a, Florence Pugh gave a great yeah. performance in that movie. Yeah. And I was like, in 2019, there were two performances <laughs> that I really wanted to see get some Oscar buzz and never yeah. really did, which was Florence Pugh and Midsommar and um, Lupita Nyong'o in yeah. Us. And she was yeah. one I would even have chosen to win. And right. Neither one, like, it's like the Academy's like, horror movies, if it's not The Silence nah, of the Lambs, yeah. we don't care. And I was like, yeah. oh, come on. Which is like, a shame. Yeah, because those performances were top notch. Yeah. Especially for Florence Pugh, who, like, at that point in time, didn't have a lot on her resume. Like, hadn't yeah. done Little Women yet. Or, at, right. like, she, I think she had filmed it, but it wasn't right. out yet. Wasn't in Black Widow yet, you know, so right. it's like... Yeah, to the audience, she was kind of new. Yeah, she had three movies come out that year. That was the second one, and it was a great performance. Um, What I took away from that movie and I found really interesting was I came across this after some research, and it was that Mm -hmm. the the plan that this director had for the movie, like from top to bottom, was that he wanted it to be this metaphor for like the way breakups feel, and how the breakups (laughs) feel like the end of the world. Yeah, and it's obviously not an end of the world movie right but she feels like this is the end of her world because of this cult and everything she's got involved in and i thought that was a really fascinating metaphor and it was obviously some people might argue (laughs) excessive and yeah i'm not going to like say it's not because it's it's a very excessive horror movie it's a lot (laughs) to take in it's not for everybody it's not like the horror movie i'd tell people to go watch they hadn't seen one one before yeah right but it's it's yeah it's it's fascinating. It definitely stuck yeah. with me for a while. It's not like the ones that are on my list for me, but yeah, as a horror movie, yeah, it leaves you thinking about a lot, especially with that just that last shot. You're like, wait oh, a minute, yeah. okay, what I'm does like, that mean? This changes a lot. <laughs> yeah. So that I can think, mean a few things. Yeah. So I like that. That's that's cool. I was not expecting that. That's yeah. that's that's pretty shocking. <laughs> yeah. That's actually, honestly, one of the most shocking things I've ever heard on anybody's list on this entire show, (laughs) to be honest. like That's really cool. Um, So uh, my number two, a non-shocking choice (laughs) for me. You you, you probably see this coming. Arrival. Yes. (laughs) Have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet, and you're going to hate me. But (laughs) Okay. Uh, Similarly to Contact, uh, this film explores ideas that I was wondering about from a pretty young age. Yeah. Um, and I found this movie to be a, a very almost cathartic experience for me in a okay. way. It's not a movie that deals with religion, but okay. I can like because Contact, you know, like I Contact was a science fiction movie I saw after I saw some of my my favorites. Like that was one I right. discovered later. Yeah. And so that movie kind of like reiterated those thoughts I had, okay, whereas yeah. Arrival really helped me formulate them from like, it came out in 2016. I don't remember exactly what year I saw it, but it was sometime short after that. And I was still like in high school or whatever. Um, and so like I was saying, it's not a movie that deals with religion, but you can in a way kind of take 
what it's saying and throw it in that in that category. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. On the premise, Arrival is a sci-fi film about an alien invasion, but it's not the way you'd expect. It's an action movie, or it's not an action movie. Um, <laughs> it explores the idea of uh, humans learning to communicate with aliens who are observing us rather than attacking us like they would in an action movie like Independence right. Day. So right. it's a completely different angle, and language plays a huge role in this movie as well, which is another unique angle for sci-fi. Yeah. Um, and it's another one with non-linear aspects in its storytelling okay. that also plays a huge role <laughs> uh, with language in it in the movie, and time. That plays a big right. role in it as well. And so it has this beautiful and emotional message about life and asks the question, if you could see your whole life from start to finish, would you change things? And so when I say it was kind of like this cathartic experience for me was when I was trying, like from a really young age, trying to connect science and religion. Because like I grew up in, in church world right. and always was interested in things like astronomy right. and stuff like that. And I was always trying to like, you know, people would tell people would say one thing. I'd ask questions. They're like, you shouldn't ask that. And I'm like, yeah, but I should. But why? Yeah. <laughs> you know, why can't I? And I'm going to yeah. I'm going to ask that question. And so if you are able to look at something with no start to finish, like time is no longer, you're no longer bound by time. Yeah. Then it kind of starts making a lot of things make sense, at least in my mind. Like I'm not going to go into like my whole existential crisis <laughs> <Right>. here, but <laughs> right. it's, it's really fascinating, I think. And it, you know, I mean, just in terms of just life in general, like not taking the themes and plugging yeah. it into something else, just plugging it into life, I think is really interesting because I think it does have, a really, really good message, a really positive message. Um, and I don't want to spoil too much. I feel like I might have said a lot already, <laughs> but okay. you may not remember everything I said by the time yeah, you right. watch it because who knows when right. you do watch it. <laughs> so I kind of proceeded with caution, I guess. But anyway, okay. for those who have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't make any sense. I make sense to myself. That's what matters, <laughs> That's all that matters I guess. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's, it's a great movie. It's um, really thought provoking and, uh, it's another like just beautiful looking sci-fi movie. Also from like I said that about uh, Blade Runner 2049, how yeah. good looking of a movie that is. It's a Denis Villeneuve movie. Mm. And this is a D Denis Villeneuve movie, which is a rival. And he did Dune. Yeah. And so all three <laughs> right. of those, like there's a theme there. They all yeah. look great. They all uh, are thought provoking in their own way. And so um, if anything, if like if nobody likes sci-fi, just watch this movie for um, Amy <laughs> Adams performance. Like she's yeah. great great in yeah. this movie Love so her. yeah cool. probably her best yeah i'd say cool. so i'll have to check it out cool so yeah that's my number two what's your number one cool okay my number one is the last duel and wow. so I, yeah so like i wow. said it was gonna come back but you said one or two that's three 2021 movies that you're made right this but list. you but you only said two of them so but I yeah, loved true. The Last Duel. Um, it's definitely difficult to watch, um, so yes. be wary of that. But it was amazing, and I think it was a really interesting take on how people distort their own version of the truth, and how that, and how sometimes they don't even recognize the changes that they're making. And I think that was very cool and something that I hadn't necessarily seen in film before because um, it's a story told in three parts and so you see some of the same 
scenes three different times and just how different they are was really striking and at first i didn't even notice some of the changes and then i was like oh my gosh like you didn't even say that or something like yes just for example yeah and i thought that was really really cool and um like you said earlier just the time period it's taken in the history behind it was very cool for me and like i said in my background so overall it has stuck with me Honestly, I have seen it fairly recently, so I, I will be Might interested. Might be a little bit of recency <laughs> bias say, here. <laughs> there should could be some recency bias, but I think at least at the bare minimum, the idea of like how we change our own reality will stick with me. So that's why it made it all the way to the top of my list. Yeah, and to add to what you said about how people would say different things in, in uh, the other yeah. perspective that it's shown, I think this movie really showcases how prominent um, revisionist history is in people's minds. Like people like to change their history in their mind (laughs) and believe it to be true the way they have fabricated. And I think that's really interesting. I think this movie really demonstrates that because especially through a particular character um, and it's, it's so fascinating to watch. And then when you get to the final perspective, and you yeah. see how it actually all played out. Right. You're like, wait, so this person yeah. didn't actually operate the way he claimed. Right. And I, because I was originally shocked. I was like, wow, I can't Me believe too. somebody would actually act that way and, yeah. and, you, and take what somebody said as the truth right. in this time period. And I was yeah. like, wow, that's yeah. cool that this actually happened. Because <laughs> yeah. I went yeah. into the story knowing really nothing about the historical Agreed. account. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, <laughs> I should have seen not. that coming. Yeah. You know, no. I think that was really, really interesting. And in just how like how there was no like trying to say that someone wasn't the bad guy or like it was pretty clear who the bad guy was. Um, yeah. But it was interesting to see how that own how the bad guy viewed themselves and how it wasn't totally like. Like, I'm trying not to spoil, but it wasn't totally like, no, dismissal, dismissal, but it was like, no, that's not exactly how it was. And so I think that that, to me, was really interesting, how you can justify your actions. So Yeah. And the other interesting thing about this movie, and I think this is probably the part that impacted me the most, was at the end when they do have the duel. Yeah. They're not even really fighting for what they should no. be and they shouldn't be fighting for it in this way anyways right. because it's really just these two egos really, going yeah. at each other for pride yeah. and that really has nothing to do with the issue at hand you know no. and so yeah. i think that's that was interesting and and they're trying to settle it through this duel whoever whoever dies yeah you know Is was the either the truth teller or, or the yeah, liar yeah. Right. and that's how they settle i was like so you have yeah. this arbitrary <laughs> duel and this yeah. is how you do things Decide, like this yeah. is crazy yeah. and then you see how they react at the end and it's like yeah. they just believe whatever they want you yeah. know they're just they they'll you know somebody says this is it and they're like okay and i really Great. feel like this yeah. this movie says you know society has always believed what it wants to and always will yeah. and yeah. That's another movie. I, this is another movie. I have another review on on the bounce boards. If you guys want to check yeah. that out too, I've got a full one there, and it's it's uh, it's good. a great movie. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't have ever expected to see that in like a top <laughs> five just because of how new yeah. it is. You know. Yeah, I know. And that, I, like I said, I was transparent about that, but yeah. I do. 
I do believe that it is a movie that will stick with me. I've thought about it pretty much every day since I watched it. Yeah, so. it's it stuck with me a lot as well. Like I I'd be lying if I said I, I didn't think about it frequently yeah. because of I think themes that are still relevant to today in it. Yeah. It's like people should go see this movie, you know. Yeah. And they're not. <laughs> they're not. It's on HBO yeah. Max. People go watch it. <laughs> you it's very good. Very good. It is very good. And the music is oh, super yes. underrated. Like yeah. it's not in the conversation for uh, no, like score right now and for yeah. the Oscars like others are like and I'm glad some of these mm-hmm. that are contenders are contenders right. but uh, Harry Gregson Williams score in the last duel is phenomenal it it's the best of the year in my opinion at least but who cares what I have to say <laughs> you know <laughs> so um, all right so my number one uh, this may surprise some people <laughs> okay. Um I remember seeing this movie when I was 14 in IMAX and Hello. thinking that there was no movie that could ever top the profound themes that this movie explored. Okay. This is a deeply philosophical and emotional movie that no movie has really ever quite reached All right. on the same level, in my opinion. And that is Transformers. <laughs> Oh, oh, good. Oh. I'm kidding. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That lead up, that anticipation, really. Yeah, no, on no. the edge of my Wasn't seat. Wasn't it great? Yeah. <laughs> All just to say Transformers. Oh, yeah. Hey, um, hey, hey. Don't give it too much hate. I'm just kidding. I mean, uh, when I was eight, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, but, right. But no, right. the... the um, Everything I said was true. Just replace Transformers <laughs> with Interstellar, and, and I that's, knew it. Yeah. And that—that's the movie. Yeah, um, I knew it. This this movie resonated with me in a way that no movie ever had at the time. Because mm-hmm. when I was fourteen, I was just into action blockbusters, like yeah. you know Transformers, as an example. <laughs> right. And then I saw this movie, and I was like, "Wow, movies can talk about interesting things and not just you know." superheroes yeah beating up aliens and and people with lightsabers you know yada yada (laughs) and so i was like whoa this is interesting what is this yeah and i left the the theater thinking about everything it explored all of its concepts for weeks yeah and it really propelled my interest in these topics that I had been thinking about since I was a kid. Like it was like I, I was thinking about these things, but never really thought about them in the context of movies yeah. as a, as a 14 year old, you know, just a boy that's like, just wants to see things blow up. I went to go see this <laughs> right. movie because I was like, Ooh, space sign yeah, me up. And right. that was about it. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And it's another movie that's, it's not a religious movie like contact yeah. is, but it has ideas that could translate into the real world yeah. Um, that you know that could really focus on it on a you could apply yeah. it to that angle as well yeah. and so because of like the things that the things that it explores like higher dimensions and it's like yeah. what is what even would be in a higher dimension and what does it mean to exist in it and what kind of access would you have that we don't have if you're not bound by time yeah. you know so it's like yeah. what would a being speaking objectively what would a being in like a higher dimension yeah what kind of power would they have you know yeah so i think that's really interesting and it also really focuses on love and i know a lot of people like to give it hate for that (laughs) because i think there's like a direct quote in the movie or saying something like love transcends uh something about space time something like that and and, (laughs) you know i think a lot of people often forget science fiction isn't supposed to be scientifically accurate because right. the word fiction is literally in the <laughs> right. name of the genre. Yeah, exactly. And the purpose of science fiction to quote Neil deGrasse Tyson is 
Um, <laughs> the purpose of science fiction as a is is to use science as a foundation for the story, and if it incorporates it well, then the creative fictional elements are warranted. That's right. not a direct quote from him, but yeah, that's but basically what he says. Yeah. And um, I think that's, you know, people need to remember that when they go into a science fiction movie. And yeah. so when it talks about things like love and how it maybe transcends whatever, it's like, well, what if it did? You know, yeah, that's yeah. just kind of the question it's asking. It takes these scientific topics and it, and it, utilizes them well and then you know has an interesting message that you know doesn't necessarily go hand in hand with science but again science fiction right and so it really focuses on love and i think it plays a massive role in the scientific and philosophical architecture of the film and i think that's really cool and that's what makes it balance it it just balances philosophy and emotion in a way i haven't really seen in a movie before or at least hadn't at the time and that's why it made the impression on me that it did yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, with things like space exploration, planetary resources and all of that, but then it's got, it deals with such heavy emotion. I think it's really cool. Um, yeah. and it just, it, as a, as a 14 year old, it made a pretty big impact on me. I'd say yeah. it was a very formative movie for me to, that really <laughs> created this, this, uh, um, why I'm doing what I am doing today, I guess, yeah. in this podcast for a hobby, yeah, right. you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so Yeah. And just the things I think about in general. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> no, Interstellar <laughs> Interstellar is my number one, not Transformers. Yeah. That would, <laughs> well, that would good, be silly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think this was uh, this was an interesting, definitely diverse yeah. group of, of movies. I figured that'd be the case because I know we yeah. don't have like the exact same taste in movies. Yeah. Um, I knew mine would obviously be heavy on sci-fi. Um and I expected mine to be more uh, horror thrillery, but I was surprised myself in making this list. So that was really interesting for me. I well. was expecting to see things more like Dead Poet Society and those types yeah. of things in your list. More like, um, like I know some of your favorites are like just you know straight up dramas. Yeah, that and makes so sense. I, and I kind of thought maybe like some of the social commentaries would make it in there, but but yeah. that did happen with like you know yeah, Don't Look Up. Sense. It's just definitely like a satire it was, <laughs> oh, a, yeah. it was a little yeah, yeah. edgier than something i right. maybe would have thought but it was <laughs> right. pretty cool yeah um but yeah so there's definitely we've got some controversy in here which which i'm i'm yes. glad we have because yeah. i like a good controversy right. and then we've got some i don't do we even have like a vanilla choice in here i don't know <laughs> honestly i thought i was pretty 12 angry men i'd say that's probably about this Vanilla as you can get, and right. then everything else I have is like, you know, yeah. Take I was it gonna or leave s- it. Really, I was like, I wasn't, I, I wasn't surprised by Interstellar, so maybe if anything like that. But I think all of the choices were, other than that, I was fairly surprised. So, yeah, I think this yeah. was a, an interesting, thought-provoking conversation. <laughs> yes, wow, funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Sam, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so I'm just on social media everywhere at. I'm Sam Cole, so yeah, it's I and then M is in Mary, so Sam Cole. So. Cool. Well, I'll be sure to link all of your information in the description of this episode. But once again, cool. thanks for joining me to this episode. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed yes. it. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, be sure to follow or subscribe to the McNeil and Friends podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a rating and review if you want to help support the podcast. McNeil and Friends has expanded its reach into other types of content for fans to enjoy with an all-new platform called The Bounce Board, where there are movie reviews, articles, and more. 
You can follow the McNeil and Friends podcast on Instagram at mcneil.and.friends.podcast. Message me on Instagram to let me know your favorite thought-provoking movies. You can follow me on Letterboxd at McNeil Mulligan. Letterboxd is where I post movies I watch and write reviews. You can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Twitter, and you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Patreon to support this podcast by becoming a patron if you so desire. All of this information can be found on the McNeil Friends Podcast website at www.mcneilfriendspodcast.com and you can find a link that will take you to all of these locations in the description of this episode. If you made it to the end of this episode, congratulations and once again, thank you for listening. (laughs) 